Hello everyone, this is Tim speaking, and welcome to Devil's Journey. There's a new format I wanted to try for a while, something I could call Tales of Devil's Journey. You know when you hear somebody's story, it's one thing to really hear it from the beginning all the way to, uh, to the end, or to, to the current time. But in there, you'll always find some interesting stories. And those stories are sometimes uh, well worth a tell on their own. So it's interesting to get the whole story and to know really what people went through. But it's also entertaining to get those stories, one just extracted from its context. So today I'm going to tell one of my stories. and. Uh, and I hope you will tell me afterwards how you liked it. And if I should try and get some guests, uh, maybe former guests from the show, or maybe new guests from the show, to tell me some of those stories in this campfire format. My story rolls me back a few years, something like 12 or 15 years maybe. I was working for a big German healthcare company back then. We were working on big machines, um, linear accelerators to uh, cure cancer. And uh, by the way, that's one of the most thrilling jobs I had. You, you cannot fake going into a hospital to see how your machine is being used and see the patients going through and see how some changes you do um, help the technicians, um, help their patients. This was, this was absolutely mind-blowing. I was responsible for the DICOM communication of the machine. Um, so getting the images out um, of the machine and onto a, a third-party system. And, uh, interfacing with this third-party system was a pain in the butt. Uh, first of all, the company was really not um, willing to let us um, interface with them. From, from a business standpoint, they wanted it, but we were competitors, and so they didn't want to let us have it easy. And so I had a few workshops uh, in Germany and in the Bay Area with them, um, really trying to to make the best out of this political mess, and um, and after some some after a while, um, I got some some reports from our testers um, who were doing real life testing that something was not right. So we had in in our lab um, where I was working from, we had some machines running tests and tests and tests uh, the whole day, um, simulating. Um, throwing radiations at the patients and doing going through the motions and trying to to uh, pretend um, treating patients and the reports I got were that the the network communication between our machine and this uh, third-party system was failing and that somehow the pictures were not going through and um, this was a very weird bug because it, it, it was really um, sporadic. It didn't happen all the time. 
And so I was uh, asked by my boss to get there and uh, and uh, observe this in the field. So I uh, rented a car and drove for a while in the German countryside. Uh, I remember in the car there was GPS, and the GPS at some point said, continue straight ahead for a very long time. <laughs> Literally, for a very long time. That's not what I was used to. Um, I was used to 13.5 kilometers. No, that was uh, continue straight ahead for a very long time. And uh, when I arrived there, it was, uh, first of all, a mess to get, to get through a lot of security because you have to uh, play with radiation, and so it's uh, it's, uh, it's very regulated. And um, I came up to the, the bunkers, uh, they're called bunkers, and uh, they are concrete bunkers with big, big metal doors uh, with the machines in there just to be sure that no radiation is coming out and you have to wear radiation badges and then your safety shoes and, and lab coat and everything. And I sat at the machine and started doing um, testing rounds. And first testing round doesn't show anything special. And last something like 10 minutes. And then second round, again, nothing special. And I would go through the whole thing for one day without seeing anything special. And uh, I would just uh, get all the logs I could and, and... take them back with me and uh, the very next day start looking at the logs and see if I saw anything special and uh, and of course I didn't and on the very next day I got a call from the technicians saying doing running the test again and say it happened again and so I would rent a car drive back straight ahead for a very long time and uh, and find my way to the bunkers and start testing again and again and again and I did this this game for days um, going in and out. Sometimes I got to reproduce it once and then I would cherish uh, those logs I got trying to get everything out of the machine I could and and drive back and start analyzing all this and I couldn't figure it out. I just couldn't figure it out. Sometimes or most of the times, 80% of the time 90% of the time, 95% of the time all the pictures were going through and nothing was happening and sometimes the pictures wouldn't go through there was no th- nothing on the network the machine was saying everything's fine and i just couldn't see why it was failing i just uh, so there was a timeout somewhere but i couldn't figure out why um at some point i i still managed to isolate the problem and say okay this is not a problem coming from our side this is we are really behaving the way we should um, from observing logs. Of course, I couldn't fire up a development uh, machine there. I couldn't get really uh, to debug all this. It would have been way overkill. Um, I could elevate the uh, log levels and see more logs, but of course, we were uh, uh, worried that we would influence the uh, the machine by doing so. Um, and that's probably what hid the problem for a while. Uh, by doing so, our machine was slower and thus uh, the problem wasn't occurring. Uh, the pictures were going through. And a few months down the line, I still hadn't figured out the thing. Um, I went on vacation. And when I came back, um, our... Uh, project manager, his name was Andy, 
by the way, the only native speaking English uh, person on the project. And I could see him roll his eyes when we're talking English, saying, oh, God, this is so awful English. But uh, but he, he bared with us. Uh, and so I came back from vacation, and Andy told me, hey, I found it. I said, what? Uh, I found the bug. And I couldn't believe it. And that's when I learned that there is a thing called CPU affinity in Windows. And whoever installed this uh, third-party software had locked up the CPU affinity of this uh, software onto one CPU. So basically, uh, it was an eight-core machines with I don't know how many gazillions RAM, but still, the software was using one core only. And in this um, situation, when we're throwing a lot of pictures across uh, the network, the uh, third-party software was getting the pictures on the other side and doing some magic and in, um, indexing them and reverse engineering. I don't know what they were doing, but they were doing something CPU in intensive when they got some pictures. And if you hit that software at the wrong moment, then you would start getting some timeouts because it couldn't handle getting pictures and processing them uh, fast enough and uh, at some point we'll throw a timeout and to this day I I'm still ashamed of not having found this thing of not having fired um, a process monitoring on that third-party machine I was focused on our machine I was focused on our testing steps and I never thought to test the other side but that's the way it is. You have to uh, own your failures. And that was mine. But I learned. I really learned a lot. So I guess it's good. And that's my story for today. Let me know how you like it. Let me know if I should invite some guests to get some stories like this. Ten minutes out of their context. Just to remember what it is to be a software developer in the world and have to face real problems well you know where to find me i'm on twitter i'm at timothep t-i-m-o-t-h-e-p or you find me on devjourney.info thank you for support have a good time bye bye